It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But MIDI Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What's going on, everybody? Happy Friday. Welcome to another edition of Mean Streets, powered by FTN, right here on Game Plus Network. Chris Meany hanging out with you. Hopefully, you're having a fantastic Friday and you enjoyed that Thursday night football beatdown from the Buffalo Bills last night. We will talk about that game in just a little bit. We will dive into Cam Akers. We'll dive into Allen Robinson. I'm pretty sure those guys played, but they didn't really show up. And we will also talk about the Buffalo Bills, right? I mean, they entered as Super Bowl faves. And they showed us why they're Super Bowl favorites as they really did put the beat down on the Los Angeles Rams. Really, I mean, there was no stopping Buffalo last night. I mean, a couple turnovers and, you know, James Cook, I think his first touch puts the ball on the ground. Josh Allen with a couple rare picks, certainly one, not so much on him. Uh, One definitely was. And then, uh, but for the most part, they moved the ball pretty easily against a really good defense, a Super Bowl winning defense we'll talk we'll touch on that game in a little bit there was certainly some surprises we'll go over some picks from yesterday i think overall not bad we've been talking about the bills in this show for about three or four weeks we talked about uh them when they opened up as dogs jumping on them and still liking the the two and a half but i thought that game would be a lot closer uh than what it was last night josh allen's fantastic there's a reason he's been the number one quarterback in fantasy over the last couple years there's a reason he's a favorite to win the mvp right i mean he's just he's fantastic i mean the the rushing upside he cruised past his rushing yard prop his touchdown props always one and a half it's a little juiced at one and a half, but he got it pretty easily. Uh, everybody's favorite breakout player, Gabe Davis, myself included, showed up in a big way. And Stefan Diggs uh, burnt Jalen Ramsey, not once, not twice, not three times, a few times uh, last night. James Cook, RIP, potentially, potentially. Uh, Cam Akers, RIP, uh, potentially, 
potentially. We'll touch on all of that stuff in just a little bit. I have some week one picks and some week one props, and I have some DFS plays and some thoughts for you guys as well. Uh, a couple things. A friendly reminder, the DFS uh, NFL show is free on Fridays and it is live. And then we have this uh, NFL betting show as well, launching today at 5 Eastern, also free on our FTN Network YouTube page. Tom Hannafin's going to run the show, myself and Taylor Mathis. Mike Randall's going to be part of the show from here here and there as well. And all super sharp minds really looking forward to it. We're going to have a fun little, it's going to be loose. It's going to be fun. We may have some cocktails. Uh, you know, I'm on the East coast, so it's well past five o'clock. So no excuses for me not to have a cold one or two during the show. We will run through our favorite picks. We'll talk about some of the games we'll recap a little bit from last night. And uh, yeah, it's just going to be a fun little betting show and, and come hang out with us. Uh, we want you guys to be live, ask some questions. If you have any uh, survivor stuff for your pools, uh, pick them, all that good stuff. But I will address some of my picks here. Uh, today, I will go over actually every game kind of rapid fire and, and tell you guys what I'm going to do in my own pools, whether you want to take that advice or not. Uh, we will have some fun with NFL. And then I'll just give you like my few, three favorite spreads, totals, money line. I got a long shot teaser. I got a parlay in there that's kind of chalky, uh, which I don't like on week one. There's always some upsets. If we can find some upsets, maybe we'll have to seek an upset or two uh, out on this show. I think I do have two on the money line. Uh, some some plus money dogs that I do like. Whoa, whoa, zoomed in there. Bats on a Friday. Uh, okay, a couple other things I think I wanted to get to. I mean, if you have any starter sick questions, right? I mean, the, you can certainly get them in if you're watching, you know, on Saturday or Sunday morning, the replay of this show uh, from Game Plus Network. You can hop on over, smash the like button on this video, and, and just leave a question. If you have any, you can leave them there. And I always circle back on these videos, just like last year. I was doing the like all my picks really on a, on a Sunday morning. It didn't have a, a, a large shelf life there. But, you know, if you're watching on Game Plus and you did have any questions for me at Chris Meany on the Twitter machine or like right here on the YouTube page, and I will certainly get to those. Uh, I think that's it. I think that's all I wanted to say. I wanted to give some love to the DFS show. Well, it's behind the paywall on Mondays and Thursdays. Last night, Adam Pfeiffer and David Jones. I watched it. Those guys are super sharp. Um, they basically called everything that was going to happen last night. Nah, not so much on the big blowout, but uh, certainly Josh Allen and Gabe Davis were big time players uh, yesterday for those guys. And then on Sunday, we'll have an NFL DFS show as well. And if you're looking to be part of the FTN DFS family, uh, you can use the promo code me, save yourself a little bit of cash, but we have live projections, ownership projections. I'm going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek on some of those ownership projections as well. And then, like I said, the show on Friday at four Eastern on our FTN network, YouTube page, Zach Graham, Adam Pfeiffer and Alex Blickle. Uh, they're going to go over their thoughts, give you a little bit of a sneak peek on some ownership projections, favorite picks, fade stacks, all that good stuff. And we will address it here on this show as well. Before I got on, I saw two things. Lamar Jackson, has decided to bet on himself. He's going to play uh, the final year of his deal here. I guess he didn't like the contract that the Ravens were giving him. I don't know if that means he's going to be franchise tag next year or what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson, but uh, no contract for him to start the season. And offensive coordinator, Mr. LaFleur of the New York Jets said that Michael Carter is the heartbeat of the New York Jets offense. I thought that was pretty interesting. I like Michael Carter. I do. We've talked about him a lot on this show. Like He kind of grades out pretty well when we're looking at elusive rating, forced missed tackles, receiving and rushing. Uh, he, he had a pretty good season last year, and it took some time. You know, he's a big player in the passing game. I do believe that he is going to be the lead here to, to start the season. I'd be a little hesitant to roll out Brees Hall. I know if you have any questions, you have Hall. I'd start 
Ramondre Stevenson over him. I'd start Miles Sanders over him. I'd start Antonio Gibson over him. I'd start a, a lot of backs. He's going to blow him away, Deesh. I agree, over time. But it may take a little bit of time here. It, it certainly does for some rookies, right? We Cam Akers is a guy, of course, we're going to talk about in the next block. But it took Cam Akers in his rookie season a little bit of time. It took Javante Williams. It took Jonathan Taylor. It took these guys some time. So I agree. Talent will overtake Michael Carter. Uh, but don't be shocked if it's like, um, you know, 50-50, 60-40 to start with Michael Carter. And, you know, he may just be that uh, third down back uh, for the Jets all season long, but early and often as well as they enter as touchdown dogs at home against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Daily Handle, classic means long shot teaser that always looks PCP, uh, but doesn't cash. Uh, we will talk touch on all that. Uh, we'll break right now. We'll dive into that Rams game. Take your start to sit questions if you guys have them, and then we'll get into some picks for Sunday. Keep your lock. Lots to get to here on Mean Streets. Welcome back in. Deesh, I'm going to give you a little bit of a sneak peek for our projections. I don't know if you're part of the FTN fam, and you can see them over at ftnfantasy.com, but our projections are live. And a shout-out to Ratcliffe. You know, Ratcliffe and Kyle Murray, these guys are all over it, but Ratcliffe was the number one ranker in the game last season. His projections are super sharp. Uh, and you, you said we talked about it yesterday, but you were thinking Pollard over Brees, and you're thinking you're going to go for Brees. You keep going back and forth. Man, I have those decisions all the time, too. What do I do, this guy or that guy? I am personally playing Ramondre Stevenson over Brees Hall in one of my leagues, but um, I'll give you a sneak peek at our projections. It's very close. I think personally I would play Pollard, especially if it was a PPR format. I think if you're in an old school standard, I would go with Brees and a half point. I believe I would uh, go with Pollard as well. I do have Pollard ranked ahead of Brees Hall. My rankings are over at ftmfantasy.com, but I'll give you a little bit of a sneak peek of what I see here from Mr. Ratcliffe. So we have Pollard for eight carries, 38 yards. We have him for two grabs and 20 receiving yards. Uh, so pretty conservative on the receiving side of things. I, I think he probably ends up with three or four grabs. And I think he's probably living in that 30, 30 receiving yard range. So like 60, we got him for 58 yards. I think he can flirt with, with 70 and maybe like 12 to, to 15 touches. For Brees Hall, we have 10 carries and 40 rushing yards. And we have him for 1.4 receptions and 10.5 receiving yards. So that works out to 8.2 fantasy points. And for uh, Pollard, 9.7. So not a, a, not a whole lot happening there. Um, not significant. I believe that uh, is PPR as well. But I think, you know, <laughs> I think I would go Pollard, man. I really do. A high total game. I think that the Baltimore and the Jets game is going to be slow pace. Uh, not a lot really happening with either team running the ball and, and things like that. Where I look at the other game, Tampa Bay and Dallas, and I think like points. I think two depleted offensive lines. I think chucking, throwing, uh, and a lot of high scoring. So that's that's how I usually split. I, I know it's a tough call. It certainly is. That's how I kind of split the difference. And I usually take the guy in the in the high total game, maybe like a, a higher ceiling there for him. But we haven't seen Brees Hall, so it's exciting, right? It's we, it's there's a lot of uncertainty there with him, and and he is a really good running back, and I expect him to have a really good career in the NFL. Uh, but that first game may be uh, maybe a tough one, certainly against the Ravens as well. It's a, it's not the best run defense to go up against, and they're coming in a lot healthier than they did last year. So last night, we won't talk about it too much. Uh, we'll pat ourselves on the, on the back a little bit for some things, and we'll ho hold ourselves accountable for other things like Cam Akers. Uh, that was just an awful pick. I don't even know why I gave that to you guys. Like, it's brutal. It's like so much. I was thinking about last night. It's so awful. I want to try to give you guys, like, quote-unquote, locks or, or things that just make a lot more sense. And, 
didn't really make any sense for me to give you guys Cam Akers when I knew, well, I thought it was going to be split. I didn't think that he was going to go in and, and touch the ball like 20 plus times like he did in the playoffs. Him and Henderson didn't play a whole lot. I thought it would be a split backfield. I think I thought these guys would both get, you know, 10 to 12 touches. And yeah, the offensive line, certainly they missed Andrew Whitworth last night, you know, 40 year old veteran who uh, was, you know, he's he's been you know, the, the lead guy on that offensive line for the past couple of years. And uh, they didn't really do much to replace him. And, you know, it, it kind of hurt uh, last night, even Henderson, like Henderson gets th- 13 carries. What's he He's up 40 some odd yards and, you know, 3.6 yards per pop is, is not even fantastic. And the one run he had, he looked good. He had 18 yards. So almost like the one run, it was like almost half of what he had uh, yesterday. I'm concerned about the offense, the run game overall. I mean, Stafford throwing three picks last night is not super surprising. I mean, the guy, was second in the NFL in picks last year. I think he was right there with Trevor Lawrence. So, I mean, he makes, he's, he's known to throw a pick or two. You can go back to his Detroit days, even last year when he had a ton of success, uh, he was throwing picks. I think there was like four or five games in a row where the guy threw a pick six, I think three for sure. Uh, but nonetheless, the Cam Akers pick was awful. There was no reason for me to give you that one. So now I think, you know, moving forward, a couple things, like we stay away from Rams, um, the crew, some of us over at FTN, all over Daryl Henderson as like, a split backfield. We had him over, I think, 30 or 28 uh, rushing yards. And that was his prop as well. And, you know, he he surpassed that. But maybe proceed with caution moving forward on some of these guys, right? Where was Allen Robinson? He only had two targets. The second target came at the very end of the game. It was the last play of the game. Uh, just a throw in the end zone that was really nowhere close for him to catch it. But he was out there running routes. I mean, he ran two fewer routes than Cooper Cup. He basically played all the snaps. He was just uh, out there getting exercise. Like he was no balls headed his way uh, at all. Cooper Cup is still the stud that we've talked about. You know, I, I still think people, and it's just one game. We haven't seen Justin Jefferson yet. And it's a long season, but I thought people were getting a little bit too cute taking Justin Jefferson over Cooper Cup. Like who's this year's Cooper Cup? I mean, it's Cooper Cup. We've said that so many times on the show, 13 grabs over hundred yards. Uh, he averaged 114 receiving yards per game last year. Vegas opens up with an eight receiving yard prop. It's like money in the bank. And I would take that guy over 98 every single game. Like I, it's, it's tough to sit here and say, uh, take a profit over a hundred yards. Like that's a lot to ask for. This guy's automatic. You see the tippy toe in the end zone. He's just, he's just so good. His route running skills is fantastic. His hands are great. Sean McVay's a great play caller. And there's clearly, you know, connection between uh, Matthew Stafford and Cooper cup. So that's a great sign. Cooper cup. Fantastic. Right. Kind of what we expected. Allen Robinson. Where is he? Cam Akers. Where is he? The only three carries. He didn't play in the first two series. He only had a handful of snaps. I think maybe three in the first half alone. And Henderson plays 81% of the snaps. 81% of the snaps is, is significant. You know, I think when we look at all the snaps on Monday's show, or Tuesday's show, and we, we go over all the snap counts percentages from running backs. I don't know if there's going to be too much, too many higher than that. Like Najee Harris, Jonathan Taylor, Derek Henry. It's basically it. I mean, Austin Eckler potentially, uh, but 81% is a significant amount of the snaps. 76% of the carries with 13 significant. Uh, so right now, as of week one, you're feeling pretty good about the, the value you had on Daryl Henderson. You're feeling a little uneasy about Cam Akers, but I will say this. You don't have to buy low on Cam Akers if you don't want to. There's reasons to be worried about Cam Akers. I am, you know, I'm, I'm, I like Cam Akers. I'm on Cam Akers' side. I would check in on the owner. I have a couple of shares of him. Of course, you've saw him, you saw me draft him live here in the fifth, sixth round. Uh, that was a pretty good value. Uh, Achilles is certainly a, an issue, something to monitor. We'll see 
how James Robinson looks this weekend coming off the same injury, but now's not the time to sell him. I will say that like now is not the time to sell Allen Robinson and Cam Akers. You want Cam Akers off your squad. You've seen enough. That's fine. You can get 50 cents on the dollar. You're not going to get a, a nice return for him. I would hold on Allen Robinson. I still think he has upside to be a wide receiver too. It was his first game with the Rams. It was new and he didn't even really get any targets, right? So it's not like he got a ton of targets and he, he looked awful out there and sluggish and dropped a couple balls. He didn't even really get any looks like it is concerning, uh, but this Rams team will still be one of the best in the NFL offensively offensive line issues or not. They really will be. And a lot of tension still will be on Cooper cup. I think that the chemistry will, will be there over time. There was, Whoever was the wide receiver two last year in this Rams offense, they were productive, whether it was Robert Woods and then eventually Odell Beckham Jr. I think there's still room for Allen Robinson to be a, a low end wide receiver two or maybe a wide receiver three. And, you know, potentially he is your wide receiver three, so you don't need to worry too much. But it does stink to get like a 1.2 from Robinson and a zero from Cam Akers off the hop. But uh, I just want to say that it's it's not the right time to be selling these guys. If you don't feel great about them, maybe next week they bounce back, then you can sell. But uh, I would be looking to buy low on Allen Robinson. I don't think you really need to do it uh, with Cam Akers. Allergies here this morning. Excuse me, guys. Albert in the house. What's up? Good, sir. Uh, got another tough one for you. Elijah Moore or Bateman uh, thinking Goodwin. Yeah, you know, Godwin, I wouldn't play Godwin at all. I just I'm, I'm off of playing Godwin now. I feel like pitch count. The guy hasn't really been practicing in, in full I kind of be surprised if we see him out there. I know it's that high total game and there's upside and he's an absolute stud, but I'll play either one of those guys over him. You know, Elijah Moore in the, in the one game with Flacco, I think he topped a hundred yards. He had like 11 targets. He had a really, really strong game. I think he's, uh, I think he's fine, but I would probably lean with Bateman there. I could take a look at the projections. Maybe it'll ease your mind just in a little bit, maybe in that next block. But I wanted to talk about the Bills side of things first. So so Rams, I mean, Stafford pick. We did get some things right. I think we went four for six in our picks. Right? We had Cooper Cup over the yards. We had Gabriel Davis over yards. We had Ben Skronik over yards. Uh, we just sweat that one out, but he did get to the 20. We had Devin Singletary over 13 and a half receiving yards. He had 14 receiving yards. So we got lucky there. Uh, we did not get the Dawson Knox touchdown. And we did not get the K-Makers rushing yard prop, which was just, again, an awful pick by me. Um, we did get the bill spread. We did get a couple things on that same game parlay. We had one, we had a same game parlay with Cup touchdown, uh, Josh Allen over one and a half. We had Davis touchdown, but we needed Stafford. The guy needed to throw one more touch and we had over one and a half touchdowns. I thought we were going to get it garbage time, but we did not get it. Anyways, the bill side of things, it's not a lot to take away. Gabe Davis is a stud. We talked about the over seven and a half receiving touchdowns for him on the season. He finished off last year the same way he started off this year with a touchdown on the opening drive. He had four touchdowns in that final playoff game. He had five into two playoff games. He came on strong as a rookie at the end of the year. And then same in the sophomore uh, campaign for him as well. He's a guy that I, I think could really get double digit touchdowns. I mean, he's a deep threat guy in this offense. Josh Allen is so good. Uh, he scrambles and he's got the cannon of an arm and he looks his way inside the red zone as well. I mean, what a nice little play call there uh, to link up with him all, all wide open, all completely wide open in the end zone. Is anyone covering Gabe Davis? No, nobody's covering Gabe Davis touchdown. Stefan Diggs stud. I ranked him kind of low. Uh, I had him close to 10 or 11 because of the matchup against Jalen Ramsey and, you know, Diggs burned him a couple times, burned him over the top. Uh, yeah, he was, uh, Diggs was great. Diggs is a beast. You're always going to start Diggs. That's the example of start your studs right there. You know, if you're in a shallow 
league eight team league with only two wide receivers you drafted digs in the first second round you don't want to play them because of rams you can get in some tough spots but you play your studs right uh as long as they're healthy right it's not like godwin here uh you, you got a guy in, in stefan Diggs who's healthy but the backfield the backfield uh devin singletary looked pretty good you know he was the lead and you know you caught a couple passes. We had that receiving yard prop and they don't run the football a whole lot in Buffalo. But the, the big thing here is, is Zach Moss and James cook. So cook's first touch is a rookie puts it on the ground and hardly sees the field again. That's not great news for him. Now he's, you know, he entered his third on the depth chart and now, you know, he's going to probably stay third on the depth chart. I'm sure McDermott company will give him more opportunities to get going. And I do like his upside. He wasn't my favorite rookie running back. I did like Damian Pierce and hall. I even like Tyler Algier a little bit more than uh, James cook, not as a talent, but the landing spot, you know, opportunity to first, first, first and second down uh, rushing attempts. You're just not going to get that with cook. So you have cook. You're probably thinking about dropping him. I understand. I'd maybe wait a week or two. If you can, you can afford, you know, it's, it's tough to just drop running backs. It's nice to have them. I don't know if I would cut cook for Zach Moss, Zach Moss had six targets and six grabs yesterday. He didn't look that great. Uh, I didn't think he looked all that fantastic, but McDermott's been talking a lot about him in the off season. You know, um, what is this year three for him last year was injuries. The first year looked like, Oh wow, this guy could be the lead and then more injuries. So he hasn't been able to stay on the field too often. I feel like he could be the short yardage back there. I don't think he has a lot of appeal uh, appeal, but you want to have a guy on your squad. I think that, is linked to the Buffalo Bills, potential next man up. If anything happened to Singletary, you got Zach Moss and a high-powered offense. And even if he's only going to touch the ball 10 to 12 times a game, assuming Singletary was out for a game or two, you'd have potential goal line work. He just proved that he can catch three or four passes in a game for you. So when we talk on Monday and you see other waiver wire stuff, you're going to see Zach Moss on the top of a lot of people's waiver wire rankings. We'll see what happens. Um, He's probably not going to be like a number one waiver priority for me. I can say that with confidence, but if you need some running back depth, uh, he's definitely seems like he's over cook for now. Uh, but I do believe cook has the higher ceiling. Tyler a in the house rostered to James cook, Tyler, Algeo, uh, Tyrion Davis price. I think I will year for sure. For me, I, I really do believe that he's going to be the starting running back over time. I don't believe Damian uh, Williams and Cordero built that way. And I'd probably still hang on to cook. Uh, Tyrion Davis price is interesting because, you know, you have Elijah Mitchell, but Jeff Wilson's still there on the squad. It's a, it's kind of a very similar situation, you know, more so that San Fran likes to run a little bit more than Buffalo does, but you got the bills better offense and you still have an explosive cook in third down situations who, you know, they'll probably give, they'll definitely give him another shot. They spent a second round pick on this guy. It's not going to be completely in the doghouse. And for Davis price, there's just a lot going on there. You definitely have a rushing quarterback, inexperienced quarterback and Trey Lance. Elijah Mitchell is the lead. I think I would hang on to cook and Algier. Those are, those are the two guys for me. I'd be, uh, I'd be thinking about Davis price though. Like it's a, it's a really good question there, Tyler. That's the way I thought I would go. I think that's it. I don't think there's really any other takeaways for me from the Bills standpoint. Isaiah McKenzie didn't do a whole lot. I think one of the picks was on him. He had two catches. He, you know, he had a touchdown, saved your day if you you rolled him out. Jameson Crowder had a couple catches. You know, a bit of a split between those two guys in the slot. I think McKenzie's got the higher ceiling. I would hold. Obviously, yeah, he had a touchdown, so you can hold him, but he is available. And then Crowder maybe in a PPR league in like a 16, 18 team league. Like he should be owned. Just it's a good Bills offense, right? So uh Josh Allen, man. Bill showed you last night why they're Super Bowl favorites. And Allen is just like, can he take his game to another level? Might be able to. Crazy. Bills are legit. They're for real. Good stuff.
Okay, we'll break. Uh, we'll get to that question more. I'll get I'll get to the you know the projections. I'll share a sneak peek again with you, Dish, on some of those projections, and we'll dive into week one picks. I get some props, get some survivor stuff, teasers, all that good stuff. And I'd love to know your favorite pick, a prop or a spread. I'll leave it there in the comment section, and we'll have some fun to talk about it. Keep her locked. Mean Streets continuing here on Game Plus. Welcome back in Mean Streets here on Game Plus Network. You're hanging out live. If you can smash the like button, do me a solid. That would be fantastic. If you have any questions, any props, you guys can leave them there. Deesh, I'm looking it up for you here right now. Projections. What do we got? We got Elijah Moore. I'm really waiting on uh, some Arizona news, right? I'm just not hearing too much on guys. Uh, Rondell is like our highest own uh, projected wide receiver because I don't know if there'll be any healthy bodies outside Hollywood Brown. We have Elijah for... 5.6 targets, 3.5 grabs, 44.9 receiving yards, uh, 8.1 fantasy points. I'm for 0.3 touchdowns. Uh, Bateman's got to be higher than that. I just checked for me. I have Bateman like a couple spots ahead of Elijah in a half point setting. Yeah, we have Bateman for 10.1 fantasy points. I'm for 4.2 catches and 52.4 receiving yards. So we have him for like, a, you know, Another 10, 15 receiving yards and, you know, another half catch or so. Clearly, uh, there's a higher ceiling with Bateman. It's a tough call for you, but I think you'd be fine with either or. Um, either or over Godwin. I think Elijah probably has more targets. You know, if it was a PPR, I would probably lean that way. I th- I could see him with, you know, six or seven grabs for like 50, 60 yards, but I could see Bateman for like five grabs and like 78, maybe in a touch. So I feel like there's a bit of a higher ceiling there. Uh, oh, you got Lamar. So there you go. Uh, I, that would, that'd be the difference for me, right? Those two guys hook up and. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And you're well on your way. So for those that are in a pick and pool, we're going to keep track of everything here on this show. Uh, I just want to, you know, hold ourselves accountable. And, and, you know, if it comes to a point where you're fading all my picks on a Thursday or a Sunday or a Monday night or just everything in general, then, you know, good. As long as we can make some cash either way. Uh, so we will we will uh, keep track of everything so far. Want to know on the spread and the money line. Let's uh, I want to share my thoughts and what I'm going to do with uh, some of my pools. If you have the week one lines, I don't think too much has changed here. We'll roll through all this. So um, I will take the 49ers here. Uh, I think, you know, seven is tough. Trey Lance is going to have some issues overall as a quarterback this year. There's going to be some dead games. There's no question. Uh, last year in two starts, he he racked up 130 rushing yards. His rushing yard prop sitting at 37. I would lean with the over on that one. I, I'm kind of a stay away with everything 49ers. I don't expect George Kittle to play. So uh, that's great news for Debo Samuel and Brennan Ayuk. I would maybe consider both of of those guys in terms of receiving yards uh, for their props. Uh, 
Uh, Trey Lance, I think, will tuck and run a little bit. And I think we'll see a lot of Elijah Mitchell sprinkled in with some Jeff Wilson in the backfield here. And there's a, there's a bunch I like in Chicago. Uh, I'll save it for later on. But, you know, I'm going to talk about Cole Komet. I, I like the over on Justin Fields. I actually don't think I have that on my prop picks board. But uh, 33.5 for Justin Fields. And this guy averaged 51 rushing yards per game over his last seven contests. So it's going to be both quarterbacks running, I think, a bit of a slower pace. I don't expect... Uh, Chicago to be able to have too much success moving the football up and down the field. I would lean with the under. I don't love totals. I'll be honest with you guys. I really don't. There's a couple I'm going to give you that I'd like. I wouldn't just give you totals for the for the sake of giving them uh, on this show. I want to try to give winners. Uh, I think we see like a a 24 to 14 game here uh, between the Niners and the Bears, uh, like a 10 point, not a whole lot happening in this game. So I, I lean with 49ers spread. Maybe you can tease that down, uh, you know, a four-point teaser, you know, have him win by a field goal, a uh, six-point teaser, get him in there to, to have him win by one. I think you could do the same thing here with the Ravens. I actually think the Jets may keep this close, but I do like the under. I, same sort of deal. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to do much on offense. Uh, is a really tough spot for them. Joe Flacco or revenge narrative. That's funny, uh, but not legit uh, to even talk about. But Ravens, minus seven. I don't know if we'll see J.K. Dobbins. You know, if if Mike Davis does play, I'm going to view him as a, a very strong flex play, as a guy who could maybe touch the ball 15, 20 times in this offense. No Gus Edwards. Kenyon Drake doesn't really know the playbook yet, and he's more suited for, I think, a third down role. So we could see Mike Davis. I, you know, I'm interested. We'll see what happens. You know, on Sunday, check out the FTM bet tracker. I'll probably be getting involved with some Mike Davis props. And then we could even see a little bit of Isaiah Likely as well. He's 2-5. He's mid-price on DraftKings. I don't know if you really need to go there, but if you're looking to punt down in the larger fields, but just know like people like Likely. People likely him. Um, <laughs> Ravens, minus 7. I'd lean that way. Uh, but, yeah, I'd lean that way. Browns and Panthers. I like Carolina here at home. I really do. Baker Mayfield and the Panthers. CMC is already on the injury report. My goodness, hopefully he is fine. I know CMC owners are like, oh, no, here we go again. I think he'll be okay. I lean Carolina here. My own pool where you pick your own spreads. If you bet over, if you go over, you don't get any points. For example, I'll go Carolina by one. You get 10 points for the win. You get that extra one point. If I went Carolina by three, I'd get 13 points. If I went Carolina by seven, I'd get 17 points. But if they didn't win by seven, I'd get no points. You don't want to overshoot. That's a couple pools that I see that are out there. That's why I'm kind of running through this to kind of give you my thoughts, maybe help you guys uh, split a couple ties that you do have. Saints and Falcons. Uh, I kind of have a lean to the over on this one. I do uh, like the Saints. I know it's a lot of points here, five and a half on the road. I think the Falcons could surprise some people. I like Kyle Pitts over four and a half grabs. I like him over 52 and a half receiving yards. Uh, And I kind of like Marcus Mariota, maybe over 24 rushing yards. I think he can run around a little bit. Alvin Kamara talked about him on set bet spike over 59.5 rushing yards. The Saints played at a very, very slow pace last year. I'm looking forward to seeing how they play this year without Sean Payton, Dennis Allen there. I would stay away from like all the Saints props. I think Jarvis Landry would be the guy that, you know, surprises some people in this game, maybe leads the Saints with in catches and yards. But Michael Thomas with that hammy, I don't think I really trust him in my lineups. And, you know, uh, Olave's the, the rook here. I, I think is like a wide receiver four. I don't know if I'm putting him in as a flex. But if you have London play him, you're obviously playing Pitts. Uh, you're not playing Algier yet. You play Cordero. I think, you know, Damian Williams should be on rosters. I don't 
I don't think he should be started, but don't be surprised if he leads the Falcons in touches out of the backfield in week one. Colts, uh, this is a lot here. Colts at eight over the Texans, 46. Last year, these two teams played twice, obviously, as division rivals. 31-0 final for Houston, or for Indy, rather, and 31-3. Uh, for Indy as well. So they outscored him 62 to three. I think this game will be closer. I'd stay away from that eight. I'm not, uh, I'm not totally in on that. If I, if I were to take a side, I would take the Texans uh, to cover. I, I think we'll see Indy run the rock a lot, but uh, Davis Mills is okay. He's not that bad of a quarterback. You could get some like garbage time backdoor cover stuff going on there. I actually like the Steelers to cover as well. Uh, I like their defense. I know it's Mitch Trubisky. There, there's a lot of question marks right now uh, with the offense. Is Deontay Johnson going to play? Uh, I don't love Najee Harris that much in this game. I don't really like giving unders, but if I were to lean on the side, I'd probably take the under on his rushing yard prop. Uh, the Bengals are great. They're offensively, they're good. The, the revamped offensive line, still some questions for me uh, in their defense and secondary. Uh, but I, a division rival game here. Uh, off the hop, you know, Joe Burrow coming off the appendix surgery. I don't, I don't know, man. Like it just feels like it feels like a Steelers cover for me. Uh, I think the Eagles, uh, I, I do believe that they'll cover the four here. Uh, Patriots. I, I don't like the Pats at all. I, I actually like the dolphins in this game and I like the under, I think this will be a slow pace game. I don't think that either team will do too much on offense. I do believe uh, the coaching staff in Miami, they want to run the rock quite a bit there. And I think they will in new England. Uh, I believe that's kind of their game plan as well. I'm going to rapid fire through these last few on the right. So I can get to some picks here after the break. Uh, I like the Jags. Uh, I'll talk about it in a little bit. I actually like the Jags here. I think that they can straight up win this game. I think they have the better roster to be honest with you. you know, Chase young for Washington, Carson Wentz's first game against his former coach, uh, Doug Peterson. I, I like the Jags here. I think we could see a little bit of a sneaky upset. I think the Titans roll over the Giants. Uh, I just don't know how the Giants are going to stop Derrick Henry. I, I, I don't love their their rush defense and or their run defense, and I don't like their secondary. Even though, like, I don't expect Tannehill to drop back and throw like forty plus times here, but I think we'll see the Titans. Uh, do enough to win this game. Uh, Chiefs, uh, this is a really good spot. This has actually moved to five and a half. So if you got in on this early, I mean, Arizona's just coming in depleted for one. Uh, Zach Ertz, maybe not going to play. No DeAndre Hopkins. And then you have Andy Reid, who's just been unbelievable after buys. He's had weeks and weeks and weeks to prepare for this first matchup against Arizona. So I trust uh, the Chiefs and, and the coaching staff and Andy Reid. So I'm going there. I like the Raiders to cover that game. I like the Vikings at home. I like the Bucks uh, on the road there against uh, Dallas. That should be a highly entertaining game. Uh, the total of 50. Again, it's it's one of three totals here that's at 50. And that's why I was kind of splitting the hairs there with, uh, you know, Tony Pollard in that high shootout game. Man, I see a lot of people saying Seattle's going to cover this game. I don't know, man. I think that the Broncos roll. Um, I, don't, I don't I think it I don't think it's going to be cakewalk, but I think we'll see like a, a 24 to 14 game or, or something like that. I think Russ Wilson goes in there and and eats against his former squad. That's my overall thinking. We're going to break and I'm going to give you like kind of like not locks, but my top three spreads, money line. It's got a teaser, a parlay for you, and a couple totals. So we'll break and we'll we'll continue this week one NFL talk. Keep your locked. Welcome back in. Let's continue the week one talk here and some hammer home some picks that I really do like. And uh, like a daily handle says some some long shot teasers. So uh, we'll go with the picks. Uh, here we go. So against the spread, there's three that really stand out to me. I didn't want to come in here with San Fran and Baltimore. Ultimately, you do want to give some winners here. I do think that the Niners uh, cover the seven, but I'm in on Philly here at minus four. You know, Detroit's going to be really competitive. They were competitive last year. I know they started off the season without wins, I think, in like 13 straight games, but they covered a lot. Uh, I just really like this Eagles defense. I, that's really what has me sold is I think that they can shut down golf. I think it'll be high scoring. 
he may have to sweat this one out. Uh, there, there could be some, you know, growing pains again with Jalen Hurts this season. All signs point to him improving as a passer, but let's see it actually on the field. Uh, but this defense is revamped, right? You got Darius Slay, you know, going up against his former squad, shut down corner. Uh, last year, Philly went into Detroit and absolutely smacked them in the mouth. And now they have A.J. Brown on the squad. You know, Dallas Goddard is healthy here. Miles Sanders is healthy. They have arguably the, arguably the best offensive line in football. Uh, the Lions allowed the fourth most rushing yards per game last season, 135. They've really struggled to stop the run. So you have this Detroit team that has to respect the run game of Philly and Jalen Hurts, who can tuck and run and all these running backs that they're going to throw at them. And now you also have new added element in AJ uh, Brown and then Devonte Smith, who I think is in a really good spot this week as well. It could be really sneaky in DFS as everybody goes for the Jalen Hurts and AJ stack. I think Goddard uh, is interesting in Devonte as well. As I mentioned with the chiefs, I mean, you know, it's not four and a half anymore, but this is uh, Andy Reid here. Who's just a, an unbelievable play caller and head coach. And anytime that this guy has had more than a week or two to prepare for a team, it just means bad news for the opposing squad. And he's had weeks to prepare for this matchup. So I like KC here at five and a half and, and Arizona right now, I, I'm not seeing anything on Hollywood Brown. I want to get involved with his receiving yard prop and his catch prop, but Zach Ertz is not hundred percent. I don't think he's going to play. And if he does, I wouldn't start him this week. I, I would be hesitant to roll him out. I think he could be on a bit of a pitch count. You got no Devonte Adams. Uh, Rondell Moore has been nicked up as well. So they're just coming in shorthanded. I know that there's no Tyree kill in the squad and we have Patrick Mahomes on the board. So usually that's a stay away. Thanks George. Uh, but I think uh, Casey, actually, I appreciate it. You didn't roll out Jalen hurts there. Uh, but yeah, you know, Patrick Mahomes and company, I think we'll do, we'll do enough here against Arizona, a high total game. And I think we'll see some points. Las Vegas, man. I will always take this, uh, especially in a division game. I really will. Uh, they hang tight inside the division. Last year, they were a team that hung tight. They had a lot of walk-off wins. I think they had an NFL record six walk-off wins. Uh, the last time we saw the Chargers, they played Las Vegas. I know that the Chargers are a little bit more uh, revamped on defense. Offensive line is, is bolstered. And the same can't be said about Las Vegas's secondary. It's not as strong. I don't believe J.C. Jackson will play. So, like, part of that... You know, uh, the additions for the Chargers, they're not all they're not all there this weekend. But I have some concerns about the Raiders secondary. I have some concerns about their offensive line. But, man, I like Derek Carr. I think he's a gamer. I, I think he's an accurate quarterback. Devontae Adams and him, I think, will have a, a really good uh, first game. But this is a division game. You're giving me that point five. You're giving me that hook. I'll take it all day. 3.5. We don't even need them to win. The Chargers went by a field goal. Boom. We're right there. Remember the game last year? This was really, really tight. Miami on the money line. I didn't want to give you guys anything over minus 200. Like I tried to stay away from Philly money line. I tried to stay away from all those other like Indy and, uh, you know, San Fran and Baltimore, all those like, you know, chalky, chalky plays, uh, heavy, heavy favorites. Uh, Minnesota and Jacksonville are, are dogs here, plus money. I like Minnesota at home against Green Bay. A lot of question marks, wide receiver position. Alan Zard, is he going to play? Who's going to step up? Sammy Watkins always has big week ones, but come on, like, let's be real here. Uh, I, I think Minnesota at home, new head coach here, Kevin O'Connell, three wide, Justin Jefferson. I know that's going to be a great matchup with Jair Alexander and Justin Jefferson, but also Adam Thielen is healthy right now. Devin Cook out of the backfield. I like Minnesota here, and I think Minnesota will hang this year with Green Bay. I have them as a playoff team. And then for Jacksonville, why not? Like, we get a team here plus money. Uh, I think Jacksonville squad's actually a little bit better on paper than Washington. No Chase Young, as I mentioned in the last block. You know, Carson Wentz's first game. Doug Peterson here with Trevor Lawrence. I think it's going to be a really, really tight game. So just give me the, the plus money uh, on Jacksonville. 
You see on the right, high-scoring Philly-Detroit. I think Detroit will do enough. I think they'll score some points. I, th- I could see them getting to 20, 21 points, and you know Philly maybe getting to 28, and then we're there. Um, actually, that would only be like 49. Uh, we'd be right there. <laughs> Quick math. New England-Miami, I mentioned slow pace. I don't, I'm not really buying this uh, Pats offense right now, so we'll take the under on that one. And then Baltimore and New York as well, the under 44.5. I can't see the Jets doing too much in this game. You know, maybe we get to a 24-14, something like that, and it's kind of right around that number. But, um, yeah, I I, th- I would probably take the under 40. I'd see I, – if I was predicting this game, I'd see like a 24 – yeah, 24-14s probably. I mean, that obviously wouldn't be under – yeah, under 44.5. Man, I'm great at math here today. I'm fantastic at math. Where's the bats? 34. We're looking at 38 points. I'd take the under on 40. Jets aren't doing anything on offense. That's it for the picks. Got some props, though. And I really like these props. I'm a prop person. Uh, I like picks and spreads. Everybody's in their pools. That's why I kind of wanted to run that down with you. And maybe, you know, next week we'll have somebody get some other thoughts. And, you know, maybe that'd be more helpful. uh, Because, you know, nobody wants to sit there and listen to me all day. But I really like some of these props. And I have a few that I want to share with you guys. Um, Oh, a little sneak peek. Tyler, we'll break. We show the people that, but we'll break and uh, we'll dive into the reason behind those props in a little bit. Keep her locked. Welcome back in Cam Akers donut season. Why? <laughs> Why? Uh, man, I don't mean to laugh. Like I have Cam Akers too. Uh, you're not the only one that started Cam Akers. Like I feel like he could be a strong RB too, but yeah, man, it was, uh, it was certainly surprising last night to see him have three carries and, and he looked really good on that one play where Stafford just chucked it behind him. Like, five to seven yards and he juked one guy and got back to the line of scrimmage. I'm like, Hey, play this guy. But clearly, you know, he's, he's clearly not a hundred percent. That's, that's my, my one reasoning, but don't sell. Don't sell yet. I would, I would hang on to him. See what happens. You can try to sell, but you're not going to get anything in return. Here's a couple props. I like Tyler was, uh, was quick on the trigger bats. I love it. It was my bad. I didn't set you up good. Like a, like a host should Damian Pierce season. You guys know I'm all about this. Like it's it, man. We've been drafting him in the 11th round all year, 10th round. We still took him in the fifth and the sixth. Uh, when he started to shoot up draft boards, this is too low. I have in our bet tracker 41. It opened up at 41.5 rushing yards. I hammered that right away. I want to give you guys so many picks here. I'm trying to narrow it down to six. I don't want to confuse people, but I have a, I have quite a few picks. I feel like week one is always like Vegas is unsure about certain guys. Like, and the, and then you just get, there's value on, on some players, right? There's massive edges. I think here uh, for certain in week one, I mean, Ratcliffe's got a bunch of props in there too. And that guy's super sharp, but uh, I'm in on Pierce. I think this is too low. I, I think he's going to top uh, a 11.5 carries as well at minus minus one thirty. This number could change here pretty quickly. I see some books have it really juiced. I believe this is at BetMGM minus 130. I'm fine with. I would take anything over 13 and a half. I think that Damian Pierce probably ends up with 14 to 15 carries. And I think he lives in the mid fifties in terms of rushing yards. His receiving yard prop is at one and a half and he's at 9.5 receiving yards. I would take the over 58 and a half rushing plus receiving. I don't think it's going to be all Rex Burkhead. If they get down, we'll see some Rex Burkhead, but I think we'll see some Damian Pierce in here as well. Um, so I really like this. 
rushing yards and receiving yards. Cole Komet, you guys know I like this as well. Like these are kind of my guys, right? That I've been talking about a lot in the offseason. Uh, Cole Komet over 30.5. I mean, he only averaged 36 receiving yards per game uh, last season. He cleared this number easily in five of his last seven games and some big showings from him too. 48 yards, 49, 71, 41, 67. There's just nothing there in this offense. I mean, I don't know George put Cole Komet on the board, but there's no jinx in this guy. Like, he, he's, he can only go up. He was one of two players last year with 60 grabs and no touchdowns. There's, there's nothing there inside this offense outside of Darnell Mooney and Dave Montgomery catching some balls out of the backfield. I think that Cole Komet, uh, I like the over three and a half. I'm going to go with 30.5 receiving yards here. And Brevin Jordan, same sort of deal. This is too low. Uh, there's not a lot going on in Houston. Uh, this guy ran a route over in 80% of his uh, snaps that he played in the preseason. We talked about that last week on this show. Uh, Nico Collins, uh, I get it. I like Collins as well and Cooks, but I know they brought in OJ Howard, but he doesn't really know the playbook. I don't expect him to be playing too much. Brevin Jordan's going to play. He's going to run some routes. He only needs two grabs, I think, to, to get to this number. I got him at like 25 yards. I'm not saying that you need to take it if it gets up to 25, and I don't think it will. But if you see this number change to 22, 23 and a half, I would still lean with the over there on Brevin Jordan. Devontae Adams, 77.5. I, I thought this was a bit of a joke, to be honest. I mean, I, I want as many pieces uh, from this uh, Raiders and Chargers game as I can. I think he's going to top 100. I really do. We have him for 89 yards in our projections. Uh, man, this is it. It's, it's it, These guys haven't played together in the preseason, but Carr and Adams, we already talked about that in the offseason. These guys put up video game-like numbers in the the year together at Fresno State. So I am in on Adams. It's a high-powered game. A lot of offense here in, inside this football game. High total. I like Adams over anything. Uh, 85 and a half, I would take the over. And then Antonio Gibson. I didn't think I'd go down this road with Gibson. I like that it's plus money. 58.5 uh, rushing yards. I like the matchup against Jacksonville. Uh, they allowed a lot of rushing yards last season inside the top 10. It's a little bit of a better defense, but not too much. The reason I, I'm not in on Gibson is because I don't feel like he's a true bell cow back. And the, and Washington didn't want to use him that way. Ron Rivera, and then they wanted to bring back J.D. McKissick. They, they drafted Brian Robinson, but Robinson's not going to play in this game. So if you look at Antonio Gibson at 58.5, you just look at some of the games that he had last year when he was getting 15-plus carries, uh, like share, share, like 20 for 90, 13 for 69, 14 for 63, 20 for 60. Uh, 14 for 51, not so much. It was a tougher run defense against Green Bay. 24 for 64 against a tough run defense in um, Tampa. 19 for 95, 29 for a buck 11, 23 for 88, 15 for 26. That was a tough one. Philly's a really good run defense, and he just got uh, – Eagles fly, Eagles fly. And then the Giants, 21-146. So this is a guy that I expect to get 15 carries in this game against Jacksonville. Jada McKissick is not going to steal his first and second down opportunities. That's it. I mean, he's going to keep his third down roll, two-minute drill. I think Gibson will touch the ball 15-plus times on the ground. If he's going to touch the ball 15-plus times on the ground against Jacksonville, I do believe that he will top 58.5 um, rushing yards. I have a whole lot more that I want to share with you guys, but I'd love you guys to be part of the FTN family. Use that promo code MEANY. Get all the picks across all the sports, projections, tools, access to all the Discord channels. Hockey's around the corner. You get all the NHL picks, NBA picks, MLB, college sports. It's all there for you. I'll give you one more. Derek Henry. Plus money over 9.5 receiving yards. He averaged 19 receiving yards and two catches per game last year. Not a lot, but career highs. And I think he's going to be more involved in the offense this season. That's that's my sneaky little take this year. Derrick Henry, 35 plus grabs. Ooh, boy, if he catches 35 plus, if he has 35 plus catches, 
he's for sure uh, going to light the world on fire on what he already does on the ground. One more block here, and I'm just going to quickly rapid fire through some DFS plays and give you a little bit of a sneak peek of the DFS show happening here on FTN Network uh, a little bit later on. So keep your lock. One more segment here on Game Plus. Let's share a few DFS thoughts. I got a couple players here uh, at each position. Going to kind of hit you high and hit you low. Uh, a couple of chalky plays and maybe a couple underrated plays. Of course, we have our NFL Optimizer. If you're part of the FTN Daily family, uh, you have uh, the Optimizer, which gives ceiling projections, fantasy points per dollar, um, you know, defense versus player, all that good stuff. You know, some some really nice metrics there. And then ownership projection, which is key. So Jalen Hurts is projected with the highest ownership uh, on DraftKings according to our tools. Uh, but I, I think he's underpriced here a little bit. He comes with a rushing floor. So does Lamar Jackson. Uh, you got uh, $1,600 on DraftKings for Jalen Hurts. And then for Lamar Jackson, you have $7,300. So you're saving yourself a little bit of cash there. Also like Derek Carr as like that that value play is a bit of a punt play at the quarterback position, 5'9". I wouldn't go too much lower than that. I think Jameis is viable at 5'3". And if you really, really want to punt, you can go Mitch Trubisky. Over at tight end, you know, again, I just want a piece of this Chargers and Raiders game. So Darren Waller for me does stand out. Kyle Pitts uh, stands out. Cole Komet, of course, I just talked about him in the last block as a guy that I think will be involved in the offense. I mean, likely if you want to, he's min price. You can go that way, but I wouldn't do it in cash or single entry and just know that people are going to be on him in tournaments. Our highest projected ownership in terms of tight ends is Travis Kelsey at 18%. We have Pitts at 10%. For running backs, uh, pretty chalky up at the top, Jonathan Taylor, but man, he had 188 rushing yards in two games against the Texans last year. I think that the value, it's not even value, the pivot could be Derrick Henry, right? Derrick Henry against the Giants. They were uh, I think 30th last year in rush DVOA defense. I don't really have anybody to stop this beast. Maybe a few more catches out of the backfield for Derrick Henry. Again, Eckler there in this offense, high-powered offense. And how could you not play Damian Pierce? It's going to be chalky. People are going to be on him, but he's $4,800. If you wanted to pivot into that 5K range, I think, you know, Travis Etienne or Antonio Gibson makes some sense inside that same game. Wide receivers, you guys know I like Adams. I'm all over Adams here. Again, I really like that game. I also like the KC and Arizona game. Marquise Brown, you can kind of run it back. You can maybe get, uh, you know, MBS or Juju and get those guys in there, Kelsey, and then maybe run it back with Marquise Brown and Kyle Murray because these guys are going to have to, I think that they're going to hook up quite a bit and try to keep pace with Kansas City. Michael Pittman just in a really good spot, undervalued. Same thing with Kirk, undervalued. Should get a lot of targets in this game. Keenan Allen inside that high-powered offense game that I mentioned. Then Nico Collins as like a little bit of a dart throw in there as well. Rondell Moore is projected with the highest ownership for us at 20%. That's a bit much, but Michael Pittman at 5'5 five, five checks in as a really good value. Elijah Moore at 5'1, Kadarius Tony at 4'1. There's some decent punt plays that I can certainly get behind. Nico Collins is 4'2, and Juju is checking in at 5'2. Christian Kirk's at 5'1, so some pretty good prices there. Good luck, guys, this week. Enjoy the football. Uh, it should be a fantastic Sunday, and we'll be back on Monday to kind of recap it all, hit the waiver wire. Make sure you check out those two shows, NFL DFS Live and our NFL betting show here on our FTM Network YouTube page. Have a great weekend, Game Plus fans. We'll talk to you on Monday. Cheers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? 
Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.